folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. So we're a couple of weeks into Disney Plus, and I'm bringing it up because I know you and I are big fans of Disney Plus. How deep into Disney Plus are you, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that deep, uh, only because we haven't had time to really watch anything. We are doing the whole, you know, uh, watch every Star Wars movie before Rise of Skywalker comes out. So yeah. we just finished the prequels. Uh, probably about a week and a half ago. So we watched uh, episodes one, two, and three pretty quickly, like almost back to back. And I hadn't seen episode one probably in 16 years, maybe. Uh, it was okay. It's it, I think I liked it more than I used to, but it's, you know, it's still probably my least favorite Star Wars film, but I don't hate it. Like, I, I don't hate it by any means. Um, and then we just been watching a lot of The Mandalorian. Obviously, we're all caught yes. up on that. I, I, you, you guys are caught up, right? Episode four? Heck yeah, we are. Yeah. Dude, that's that's our favorite night of the week. <laughs> Mandalorian <I know>. night. <laughs> I know. Friday. Dude, my, Friday. My, Myra actually gets up early uh, for before we go. She goes to work on Friday, so we can actually watch it in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because you can't go to work and people spoil it for you. No. Like, what did Baby Yoda do this week? Yeah. This week he drank soup. I I feel bad for UK <laughs> people living in the UK because know. they know all about Baby Yoda and they they've seen it everywhere, but they don't have. They're not going to get Disney Plus until like March or something. Oh, dang. Oh, I wonder why they did that. It's uh, interesting. I don't think Disney planned on that. I think that was more of like an FCC sort of thing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I mean, or the BBC equivalent of the FCC. But um, I think personally, I think Disney probably planned to do a global launch of the of the app. But mm. something got, you know, held up at the in the UK. So, um, yeah, that but that sucks. Yeah. Though. Like, like. They know what's happening if they're on yeah. any kind of social media. Oh my gosh! If if you're listening from the UK, we've always been, uh, we've always had access to you. So, uh, so I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying that <laughs> we, we are loyal to our UK listeners. <laughs> if you're from the UK, please let us know. And how and, cool would that be? <laughs> and please give us more access to you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Bring it back. No. But anyway, oh man. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa season. Yes. Almost there. Yep, we are. We're starting out December and and we're actually pretty much recording this a couple days before it drops, so it's December mm-hmm. for us as well. Yes. Yes. And uh are you guys I, I know uh you guys set up your Christmas tree and everything. We did. So the house looks pretty festive over at your place. It does, and we have this cute little adorable bunny. If you'll just hop on over to my Instagram, you'll see a picture of her. She's our Christmas bunny. She loves to sit underneath the tree, and the lights like twinkle. Just wait until you guys get your Christmas card. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. She's so cute. She's so (laughs) cute, and you took some great pictures of her under the tree like that. Thank you. I am her personal photographer. <laughs> what about you guys? You didn't send us any pictures yet. You guys we, all set up? No, no. We uh, just today or yesterday took down the last of the Halloween stuff. So <gasps> Yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're running a little bit late. And, you know, since 
Myra's, you know, days off are, are Tuesday and Wednesday. Our weekends are kind of, you know, weird. So we're going to, mm. I think we're going to go not tomorrow, um, but I think we're going to go next week to get the tree. So, it, you know, it's, it's a it's, real it's, tree. Yeah. Yeah. We're, but we're going to cut it mm. down. So. I normally You're gonna like, I hope you do it. I hope you cut it. Down. Yeah, I'm gonna I am gonna cut it down. I used to do that <gasps> you as a are? kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you just go to the I lot and you, you get the little handsaw and each I mean the the tree trunk is only like that big. It's All right, Baltimore. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, mail That's awesome. Maryland. But I did that my whole life. I grew up always going to like the tree farm and cutting it down and dragging it back and having them Whoa. put it on the the roof of the car and everything. So uh I, I do normally like to have my decorations up like right away, like right mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. But I think what we're what we're losing in time, we're going to gain in quality because it'll be Myra's <laughs> first real tree. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I'm excited for you guys. That's cool. <laughs> You're going to be like the cool dad who like chops down their own tree. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right on, man. You're on the right track. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Now we just have to have the kid to be, to be the dad part of oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess you <laughs> yeah. need that. I guess you need that. You can have a dog. You know, yeah, the yeah. important part. You know, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's this tis the season. Yes. So, uh, Tess, why don't you, uh, well, first off, hey, guys hey. and gals, welcome hey. to the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Tess. Hey. <laughs> hey. Why don't you give us a little uh, introduction as to what we're talking about this week and what our plans are for the month. Yes. Yes. We have some cool plans here. So we're going to start this season off right. We're starting off with Claws, K-L-A-U-S, written by Grant Morrison and remind me of the artist oh, just, Dan Don. Yeah, I just closed oh. the app. We'll get there. But my boy Grant Morrison, what, what? Grant Morrison. We Uh, love him. He's great. uh, It's drawn by, or I guess all the art is by Dan Mora. Dan Mora. Oh, my gosh, dude. This this, gorgeous. It's just, oh, my God. And you know what? We, John and I, my husband, we saw it at Barnes & Noble, and we were like, what do you mean it's the beginning of Santa, like the real story of Santa or whatever? It's like a retold Siberian like winter story of claws of santa claus and by the way this santa is uh, quite the looker my he's, goodness gracious he's quite the beefcake <laughs> yeah i mean every like i mean whew, we're he's, gonna be posting some instagram yeah. pictures of this guy <laughs> i i'm not he's gonna pretty. lie he is dreamy <laughs> right right he's the dreamiest santa or claws i've ever uh ever laid eyes on i'll be yeah. honest you're not wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, it it is good and we just wanted to start off right. It's a one-shot series. Um, and it's seven issues long. We're actually reading it on an app called Hoopla. This is not sponsored by Hoopla, but we highly recommend it. It really is free comics. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah you just need your um, you just need library your card. library card, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh man, okay, Corey. We know my first impressions, and they're, ooh, mm, <laughs> Okay, what's your first impressions? <laughs> <laughs> the same. <laughs> Very much enjoyed it. it. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to dig into it. I would say just at the top, no big deal. My only caveat is maybe one issue too long. That's all. 
like like story wise, I thought it was just a smidge, little bit too long. I think it would have been serviced better as as six issues, but um, doesn't matter. It's a lot of fun. I burned through it like in an hour and twenty minutes. Right. And I, I it was it was an easy read. It was a fun read. It was a so fast fun. read. Um, but like I said, I think it could have been reduced a little bit and made a little bit like more smoother. But we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into that and maybe you know what by the end of of discussing each. A chapter slash issue i will change my mind like i yeah. will say you know what that it was the right amount so but that was just first glance that's all but art yeah. fantastic holy w- moly the world the world that it sets up fantastic like like grant morrison all the normal grant morrison f- craziness fantastic and i mm-hmm. can't wait to to talk about the grant morrison craziness so Yes. Oh my gosh. We, I, when we first started recording or when we first got on Skype here, I was like, Corey, did you notice that? And he was like, oh yes, I did. That's our buddy Grant there. And we'll get to that. Don't you worry. Stay tuned. That's, that's, that's Grant <laughs> Grant tripping his, his B off. So mm-hmm. and we've mentioned that before in our earlier uh, podcast. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then it's like, it's like, I was like, what are you talking about, Corey? What do you mean? And then now I see like, you're not kidding. Like it, it, and I like the fact that you now can can read Claws with, you know, in, in a post-We Three world where, you know, we had all of our yeah. discussion about Grant Morrison and everything. So now you're starting to see, like, what we talked about there. So, guys and gals, if you have not listened to our We Three episode, I would highly suggest listening to that one because I'm sure my tangents uh, about Grant Morrison <laughs> are going to be built off of like what we discussed in the We Three episode. So mm. if you have not listened to that one yet, I highly recommend kind of pausing and going back listening to that one and then picking this one up because I kind of have a feeling this will be like a, a part two of our Grant Morrison discussion. Grant rant. Yeah. Grant rant. That's Good what we're going to call it. Yeah. Corey's <laughs> Grant rant. <laughs> Hashtag Grant rant. Oh, man, that's dope. <laughs> wow. All right. Million dollar ideas here, folks. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in because it's a whole seven issues. Yeah, so. it's it's longer than we normally do, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take us a little bit to get through. Yeah, but it'll be fun. It's really, of course. really fun. Always okay. fun. And so it's always prove- a blast. It's always a blast. All right, here we go. Chapter one: A wild man roams through the town of Grimsvig, hoping to trade for goods, safety for the night, and a merry time. However, he finds quite the opposite. Grimsvig, a town once filled with merriment, is now a town of mine workers and children without toys. The wild man sees a young boy in the village playing with a rock. It's the only toy he's allowed to have. All the toys are going to Master Jonas, the son of Lord Magnus. As you can imagine, Master Jonas is a ratty child that is never happy. The wild man and his white wolf are brutally kicked out of Grimsvig and left to fend for themselves in the woods once again. For dinner that evening, the wild man makes a mushroom broth that takes him on quite a psychological trip like no other. He awakes the next morning surrounded by tons of toys in the snow. Very cool. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, good old Grant Morrison likes the uh, <laughs> likes the acid trips. And there's a two page splash panel that you just mentioned about him drinking the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just it's a beautiful image. I mean, it's it's beautiful artwork. But I, I gotta imagine that Dan Mora knows has also been on acid trips before. You know, <laughs> to, I mean, sure. to be able to Gosh. to do that. But um. 
They yeah. really set up this town really nice. Like yeah. it's it's like your old like ye old village kind of a town. Grimsvig, you and, know. And and yeah, and it's like, you know, obviously it's it's German, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's got to be or I don't think it was called uh, uh Germany back then, whatever it was, but it's it's all based on on I think German, I think Santa Claus and and um Krampus are all Germanic yes. uh sort of folklores and everything. And and I say be, say that because uh growing up in Maryland, uh Maryland and Pennsylvania have a high, very high German population there. So we even have like oh. a, Kramp- a Krampus festival in Baltimore. What? Like yeah, Krampus has gotten popular like in the last like 5 years, but we've actually Maryland's had Krampus festivals for like forever because he's he's Krampus has been around forever, but uh, but we're not there yet. I I like what they're setting up with with Santa Claus, like especially in the first issue, like how he sh- he's um he has no sleeves and whatnot. And I'm always like, is he cold or something? But they they <laughs> they they address that later. And I liked how yeah. at first you're not quite sure what's happening. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. I don't I didn't really know where this was going. I truly had no clue. I mean. Obviously, I sort of knew he was going to become Santa Claus, right? But like, I had no clue where this story was going. Yeah, yeah. It's it it's like he's a nice, buff, very attractive man, and he's walking in with his giant white wolf. Imagine like the wolves from Game of Thrones, big, and uh, he's just walking in with some goods to trade, and everybody's kind of treating him like crap for no reason. And I guess we don't know. They don't reveal a lot in the first you know, chapter here, they kind of set it up so that we get to know, well, we don't know his name yet. He's the wild man. Yeah. That's all we know. Which is cool because uh, there, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, about folklore. I've, I've kind of gotten really interested in like, like fairy tales and by, Mm -hmm. and like, I'm not meaning like, like, your whitewash saccharine sort of fairy tales. I'm talking like real, actually fairy folklore tales. Like scary, and, not yeah, happy. A lot yeah. of them are very, very scary. And uh, the interesting thing is a lot of, a lot of like old fairy stuff, like like fae folk and things like that, have a lot of similarities to like alien abductions nowadays. So huh. I started going down a spiral of of having one foot in like the paranormal world and then one foot in the folklore world, you know. And yeah, ooh. One, I mean, in, in of the same, right? You yeah, know? and and they're almost it's like a Venn diagram where there there's a lot of overlapping sure. and similarities. Um, but one of the things that I kind of started paying attention to and getting interested in is just wild men throughout history. So like, and I like the fact that Grant Morrison addresses the fact that Klaus in here is a wild man. And uh, I mean, the Santa Claus that we know nowadays is completely just, just Coca-Cola, right? Like it's oh, the yeah. Coca-Cola oh, yeah. Santa Claus, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But like he's an amalgamation of a bunch of different characters that were celebrated way back in the day, like uh, Krampus, and another one that in in Maryland some people do festivals of is uh, a character named Belsnickel, and it's another wild man that comes out of the woods to mm. give you know candies and treats and stuff if you're good. But what his thing is, Belsnickel is. Um, he comes into your house and he throws toys on the ground. And if the kids go for the toys, he smacks them like he hits them. So yeah, it's, it's, they're all kinds of weird stuff, but like, 
<laughs> there were towns in Pennsylvania up until I, I was listening to podcasts up until like I think the 60s or even as late as the 70s where they would celebrate Bellsnickel in December and literally people would just walk into other people's houses dressed as Bellsnickel and you know throw toys down and smack the kids with a with a switch if they oh went gosh. for the toys and the parents were okay with this because you know they're <laughs> celebrating Bellsnickel. All of that is to say that. I like that Grant Morrison embraces the wild man aspect of Santa Claus because sure. at the end of the day, Santa Claus is a wild man, which is mm-hmm. kind of no different than uh, possibly Sasquatch. You know, all these I throughout history, there's always been wild men. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I I I like how they. Um, I mean, just. I don't know what to say to that, Corey, honestly. I, um, I know. Think, like, <laughs> I just, uh, I just uh, shot you with like a Santa ton Claus. of like ridiculous information that had nothing to do with what we were just talking about, but that's where my brain went. Um, oh, no, no. It's all good. I'm like, dang, I have nothing to add to that because that is Corey knowledge, but I'm not making fun of you. It's like I'm just learning. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, look up Bellsnickel if you ever get a chance. It's it's kind of a it's a neat thing. It's a neat play on on Santa Claus, but I, do, I, dig, I dig his... Um, you know, going back to the comic book, I mm-hmm. I dig his wolf. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, they, they set up, I, obviously, you know, we know where things are going to go, like with the, the kid and everything, but I, they do a good job setting up or like making you think that they set up some characters were bad, but then they kind of like spin yeah. them a little bit later. I, I like how things, like I said, things start in this issue where I, I just don't know where they were going. I was like, this is all right. This is interesting. You, you got me. You, you've captivated me, but I have no clue. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I don't know the, the story of Santa Claus. I know the traditions and the, the, the legend himself, but I don't I know nothing about his origins. And I was even trying to think like, you know, did anybody ever try to take a stab at finding his origins? And I don't think this this even got there. I mean, the first issue, they already mentioned toys. So I'm like, hmm, what's it got to do with toys? And, uh, you know, we, we should just yeah. jump into the next chapter, yeah, honestly, because yeah, I'm yeah, trying not move. to give too much away. <laughs> okay. All righty. Chapter two. The wild man climbs the walls of the town of Grimsvig with a sack of toys on his back. He creates ruckus amongst the guards as he is able to escape their meek attempt to protect the village. At the house of the young boy with the rock for a toy from chapter one, the wild man leaves all of the toys from his sack in the child's home for his siblings and the boy to enjoy. His parents wake up quite confused. All of the children in the village receive toys at their front doorsteps. Children start to play in the street with their toys. Their toys are magical and move on their own. Lord Magnus stops their supposed chaos and orders the toys to be delivered to his son, Master Jonas, right away. Back at the castle, Master Jonas is confused about why the toys won't move magically for him as they did for the children in the village. Back in the village, the furious Lord Magnus will stop at nothing to catch the wild man. (laughs) And I like how... The action in this, it's, it's, I mean, people do die, especially mm-hmm. very much later, like in the last issue. And it actually, it's a little bit gruesome, but at the, the tonally, it's more PG 13, maybe spinning a little yeah, bit more PG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, I mean, it, it's, it gets pretty dark in a minute. And even the bad guy is like actually very demonically evil. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I was going to mention, I really like their bad guy. He's like this tall, skinny, bony face guy with like a hood. And we don't even see his face for a couple of chapters. And then when we do, I'm like, oh, he's even scarier. 
yeah. Yeah. I, I liked him. I thought he was cool. Um, I, I, I like how Dan Mora draws. Well, I like how he draws everybody. I, mm-hmm. I've never seen his art before, but he is fantastic. And he doesn't have any, like, panels where they're like you know ch- like cheap tricks meaning like you know he, d- he doesn't draw the background or something we talked about how uh frank quietly does that like mm-hmm. every panel has detail in it and dan moore is the same way there's no panels that are just like a blank background or something right mm-hmm. it, it, he, he fills everything in and there's all kinds of like little humors and stuff especially like with the guards and everything there's there's little bits of humor in this it's 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 a weird it kind of skirts the line of of you know being adult and being for kids yeah yeah and it actually would make a really good movie too Oh, to be honest, I am. I can only imagine it's already been optioned, you know, mm-hmm. so, somewhere, some studio. This was made in like 2015 or 16 or something like that. So it's not that long ago. So you never know. You never, never know. <laughs> who would be who would be cast as the wild man, you think? Oh, Christian wow. Bale, Hugh Jackman. You got to get somebody that looks good with a beard and like long hair, you know? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Maybe Hugh Jackman. Hey, I don't, you know what? I got an idea. How about okay. Hugh Jackman? Uh, dude, that's genius. Let's do it. Let's, Perfect. Let's cast it. It's casted. Let's make it a musical too so he can sing. What? Exactly. Uh, real quick before we move on to the next episode, I really enjoyed uh, this um, Olav, this one guy that they bring in named Olav. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Olav will find him. Olav will eat him alive. And then he's like, Olav is me, obviously. But then I like how the other guy's like, well, let's stop short of cannibalism if we can. Um, yeah, and then Olav yeah. just gets dispatched so easily and sort of comically because he gets knocked and turned into a sand, uh, a sandman, a snowman. You know, I, I thought oh, it yeah. was fun. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I liked. I like how Claus kind of just dispatches people, and he doesn't. He doesn't ever kill anybody. Like he's like Batman. He's Batman. He's Santa Claus. Batman. Okay, he's not as moody as Batman, Corey. He's Bring not back. as moody. You can't connect everything to Batman and Star Wars, Corey. Not in the same episode, okay? Um, <laughs> but you know what was interesting to me was that they don't really talk about magic. Um, they do a little bit later, but they don't really. It's like the toys really do fly. Like there's a wooden bird that flies, yeah. and um, there's a fish that flies, and it's just like the the children. Imagine the children are playing in the like the big village square, and there's just a crap ton of toys and some there's like a shot of them like where everything's like kind of flying and kind of not nobody can really explain what's going on um but a really important element that I didn't really put in my summary but Lord Magnus's wife um Milady that's all we know her as so far um she sees that there is a wooden bird that is not working anymore because you know the, the bird was once working and it goes to her son, Master Jonas, the bratty kid, and it's not working anymore. He can't get it to work. He doesn't know why the magic's not working for him. And then so she takes the bird when her son isn't looking, nobody's looking. She goes to her room, and she opens this box, and it's another wooden bird, kind of like that one. So there's like, huh, there's a connection here. There's a magical connection. What does she know kind of thing? It kind of sets us up as like, who is this lady? And she's beautiful. And she's with like the ugliest dude. And they made a bratty kid. And it just something doesn't seem right here as well. There's like another story underneath the Claws story. The wild man. 
right. so far. Which is cool because it's like yeah. layered with different stuff. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like piecing it together as you go along. Because, yeah, like I said, I didn't know where it was going and what the characters were going to sort of do with it. But mm-hmm. it was it's fun to see. It's fun to see it sort of like all uh, unwrap. And to your point about the... Um, uh, the magic, yeah, I like that. They don't really do too much explaining of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they mention rune magic. It's it's mostly like sort of rune magic. And you know, he talks about having the symbol of, you know, there's like a symbol of peace rune or something or happiness, something like, or joy. I think it's like a joy rune or whatever. But um, yeah, they don't really dive into to the magic or at least to try to explain it. Right, but that, like, also, it makes you want to peel back more layers. And, like, I'd be done with a chapter, and I was, like, bummed. I was, like, oh, yeah, one more. Like, you're ready to go to the next one. You're, like, but wait, what about that? Like, they don't they don't quite uh, – it's, like, there's not a really good stopping place. You should just barrel all the way through. Right. Like, which, they do divide it up, but, <laughs> you know. Which, which I did in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's a good, like, holiday classic. Oh, yeah, this is a great way to start December. Tr- trust me, I loved it. Right. Right? Forget a, a Christmas Carol. Claws. <laughs> Come on. I'm gonna, I think we're going to go get the comic book and uh, put it in our Christmas box every year. You know, like our holiday decor right. box. Yeah. And like open it and read it. And read it every year. Yeah. Be like, hey, John, could you uh, could you look like Claws? Anyway. <laughs> no. John can grow his beard out like that. He's got a nice, thick, uh, dark beard, doesn't he? He does. He does. It's actually kind of red, too. Oh, That's a fun fact. Red beard buddy, huh? He is. He is. It's very strange because he's got like jet black hair, and then when he's when his beard gets out like three inches, it's red. <laughs> huh. it's so yeah, he's, hot. Yeah, his hair is black. <laughs> you know, he's so dreaming. <laughs> he, is. Uh, he is. He is. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Uh, <laughs> no, enough about hubs. <laughs> All right, let's go on to chapter three so we can unveil some awesome new surprises here. All right, chapter three. The wild man flees the ravaging war dogs chasing him when his giant, beautiful white wolf named Lily scares them off. When the war dogs return to Lord Magnus's men looking frightened, they figured they were scared by a wolf. That is the only thing that might scare them. The men of Grimsvig now refer to the wild men as, quote, a ghost wolf who leaves intricately intricately carved toys on the doorsteps of Grimsvig's poorest families. Wow, quite a name. (laughs) It's a mouthful. It, It is a mouthful. The children of the poor families start to burn papers in their fireplaces. These papers, according to the kids, are wishes to the Santa who lives at the Northern Lights. Down in the mines, men slave away, hammering away at rock. They are all starting to hear an evil voice that is driving them mad. Lord Magnus approaches the darkness in the cave they hammer at and talks to the Void to explain that he has done everything asked of him to make the town of Grimsvig a village without cheer, that is. He asks the evil Void what his next steps are. I assume he's trying to free the devil. We're not really sure yet. Later that day, as the people of Grimsvig attend church, the church bell rings, much to the dismay of Lord Magnus. The townspeople evacuate the church to find a giant symbol on the ground. The wild man has rung the bell, runs away. He approaches what looks to be a large dead Christmas tree and burns it. While the village people are running from the fire and Lord Magnus's growing iron continues to steal the joy from Grimsvig, the wild man swings into the window of Lady Magnus's lady. Wait, sorry, Lord Magnus's lady. He says, hello, Dagmar. How long's it been? And then it ends. 
the chapter there. <laughs> it's it's getting it's getting real. It's getting real. I mean, if he flew into my window and said, "How long's it been?" I'm like, "Hello." <laughs> You'd be like, "Merry Christmas to me." Yeah, Klaus is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when he's he's downstairs or not downstairs when he's in the cave uh, talking to the to the wall or whatever it is, that's when I figured it was going to be Krampus. That was like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, imagine yeah. this is going to be a, a Krampus sort of scenario. Um, yeah. There's a movie on Hulu. You guys have Hulu, right? We do. We, okay. uh, we Yes, we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a movie on Hulu called Rare Exports. It's okay. a, uh, I think it's Swedish, a Swedish film. Um, it's a really, really cool take on Santa Claus. Okay. It's a horror comedy weird movie. It's really weird. It's beautifully shot. It's really, really cool. But I highly implore you guys to watch it. It's so good. It's like my new sort of Christmas thing that I watch. But I also watch Krampus, the, the you know, the Krampus movie that's yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, it's like it's like that, but different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. nothing like Krampus, but it's really cool. And it was that movie's the reason I sort of was able to clue in on on Krampus being in the coal mine or whatever. Oh, he's from the coal mine. That's like a thing. Uh, I don't know if it's technically coal, but just him being sort of um, uh, imprisoned. Imprisoned. Yeah. Yes, they do imply that he's very imprisoned and they're trying to free him. But I like the whole coal thing because, you know, as we all know, part of the Ah. tradition, you know, if you're bad, you get coal. So I do like that they tied sort of the the coal back into it here Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. Um, with, With, you know, what we don't know yet. But, you know, it's still cool to see. It's cool to see all these little things that we not take for granted, but these little parts of the mythos. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, and I don't want to say see where they started because, you know, it, this is very fantastical. So, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's fun to see what Grant Morrison did with all of these, you know, clearly like a checklist of things he had to like show, you know, like, okay, yeah. let's, let's show what, what, like what the deal with coal is, you know, later mm-hmm. on we see the sleigh and that looks crazy. Don't give it away, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sleigh. There's a sleigh. And yeah. uh, I, I assume at this point, like, like everyone's read read the comic, right? While we're going through it, I, I always I always work under that assumption. <laughs> Maybe, don't yeah. I don't know. John always listens to every single episode, but he doesn't read any oh, of the okay. uh, comics. But oh. you know, I you mean, know what? Give us a give us some feedback on on any of the social medias, or mm-hmm. shoot us an email, or or whatever. Just let us know. We I'm I feel like we're kind of flying blind here in this department you know should we keep things sort of like uh, uh under wraps until we get to them in the story or should we or sh- can we just freely talk about it you know uh do people have they already read the book or not i'm just curious right. i'd like to know right yeah i mean i yeah shout out to everybody listening yeah give us a shout out give us a shout out yeah mm-hmm. um shout out to my buddy pete who texts me while he's listening and he'll answer questions that i have in 
the episode <laughs> and I have no idea what he's saying. He'll just text me an answer to a question and I'm like, okay, you must be listening to the show. <laughs> my, my buddy Bert does that sometimes and I'm like, uh, bro, I recorded that like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> if we're lucky, I recorded that a couple weeks ago. Sometimes I recorded it like a, a month ago and I'm like, I have no clue what I talked about, my man. But I'm glad they're listening. I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm glad they're paying attention to what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back to the comic, I have a note here that says a uh, chimney shot. And I know exactly what I was talking about. So there's um, they. OK, so Claus, he or the wild man, he's been leaving presents, you know, on doorsteps of the kids of the poor families or inside for one of them, the first kid. Um, and so the guards start to guard the front doors and they, you know, Claus kind of he is kind of like Batman because he sits on top of the roofs and listens to the, the village and what's going on and he kind of responds to himself throughout the comic and at one point one of the guards or a couple of the guards they say you know good luck for him trying to find another way to get these toys in and cut to claws on the roof of uh you know one of the houses and you just see this amazing shot of and i call it a shot because hello movie movie buff right here um you know what i'm talking about this amazing like splash page splash page of the entire village and all you it really focuses on are the chimneys yeah and it's like you know it's checking off all the things it's like we've got the toys we got the toys in a sack we've got some magic and we've got chimneys you know we're getting a little bit closer chapter by chapter they're adding more and more of the elements that make santa claus yeah like all the pieces are sort of like falling into place and to your point uh as someone you know who went to film school i do the same thing anytime i'm talking about a panel or whatever i only know how to use like like uh uh, you know film dialogue so i say shot (laughs) i say camera the camera's down low yeah i Mm -hmm. don't know so yeah i i think that i'm the same way as you um another thing i do want to note from this issue is you know he he does his mushrooms again you know he he does his little trip to go mm-hmm. sort of commune with the wood spirits basically mm-hmm. and that look like aliens very like aliens. very interesting that the wood the wood spirits very much look like sort of gray aliens they have big heads they have weird like sort of arms that kind of are too long but mm-hmm. they do not look anything like a human. And that's what I found to be sort of interesting that they would take this this choice that the I mean, you got to assume in these sort of scenarios, I always assume that the the writer and the artist are are communicative, right? They're right. they're talking to each other. Uh, the the artist probably designs, he, you know, he designs Klaus before they even start uh, doing the comic. And I'm sure I don't know what the approval process is if he just gets Grant Morrison approval or the editor approval or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm saying is I don't think that that was an accident that these like spirits, uh, you know, wood spirits look like aliens, knowing what we know about Grant Morrison. And if you haven't listened to the <laughs> We Three episode, I'll just give you a real quick rundown. He is a big time chaos magician. Uh, he does a lot of drugs, a lot of hallucinogens. He Wait, how do you know this, Corey? I'm just curious. Well, he said it. So I only know Where? it from... 
uh, on like a YouTube thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's very yeah, very open about his oh, beliefs. Okay. Okay. He, um, he talks. Curious. He's talked about it on uh, Kevin Smith has a great podcast, a two parter with him. Where he oh, talks I have to a, listen to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Back when he back when his podcast was kill, still called Fat Fat Man or whatever it is, Fat Man <laughs> Fat Man on Batman yeah. or whatever. Back when it was called that, there was a two part Grant Morrison episode and. At near the end of the episodes, I think Kevin Smith got a little bit too high because he, he would smoke while they were talking, and mm-hmm. he, he kind of, like, would lose track. But, yeah, so Grant Morrison, Chaos Magician, uh, has done stuff like DMT, and, you know, when you do DMT, you commune with something. You commune with aliens or angels or whatever, and he's gone to Katmandu and, and done DMT and, and, you know, communed with aliens, According to him. And so I kind of like when I was looking at this, like we said earlier with like the the LSD sort of style to it, you're like, okay, that that makes sense. And then knowing what I know about him, you know, I'm like, okay, those wood nymphs or wood spirits, whatever they're supposed to be. I'm like, those are aliens. Those are. Mm-hmm. And for all I know, they could look like what uh, uh, he described, like he might have described it to the artist and be like, hey, draw this. I, I don't know. But they look very freaky. They do. And it, what Corey's talking about is um, at night or, uh, you know, whatever part of the day, he like makes this big mushroom broth in this giant yeah. cauldron and he drinks out of it. And it's very obvious that it's mushrooms. And it even looks kind of psychedelic when you look into the cauldron. And what happens is he eats it or drinks it and then he plays this music, this flute. And Lily, the white wolf, she kind of goes along with it she doesn't drink it but she kind of she knows what time it is when the flute starts playing and he just like sits back against the tree trunk and just looks out and all of a sudden the artwork is the most psychedelic artwork i think i've ever seen it's gorgeous we have to post a picture about of that on instagram because it's just oh my god it's stunning and then there's like you said these blue gray aliens kind of come out and communicate with him Spiritually, they don't really talk. No, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. They never sort of say anything, but uh, the they do things, and and again, it's it's very much like um, abduction sort of scenarios, especially <laughs> at sort of at the very end, uh, which we will talk to when we get to it. But yeah, very interesting. I I, I mean, yeah. I only say it because I'm like it had to have been. I, I it's only noteworthy, or not only, but it's noteworthy because. They're so weird looking that it had to be a design choice, right? Like it had yeah. to have been done on purpose. And then I'm just trying to, you know, trying to figure out what they where they were going with it because you could have easily made it so they looked more uh, distinguishable, more like something we understood, right? Mm-hmm. Like like they could have mm-hmm. mined some sort of visual from of a wood nymph or something. But no, right. they went with these like gray alien skeletons. And it's just yeah. like there's something there. There's got to be a reason to that. Yeah, it like it, it's weird, but it's also like it's cool. Yeah, oh, it's, very cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, and it's almost in every chapter, I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's not like it's it's not like it's trying to be like I don't know. I think he's just trying to. He's just. I think that Claus or Klaus is like super in tune to his higher self. And he's just trying to get there when he can and find the answers that he's looking for and follow his moral compass. And it just kind of adds to it. It's kind of, there's a spiritual element to it. And there is in Santa Claus anyway. And they just chose like the 60s route. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and I think, uh, you know, we'll jump into the next chapter real soon, but we'll also find out his sort of magical origins in the next chapter too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, here we go. 
Once upon a time, long ago, a frozen mother holds her child close to her chest in a winter storm. The mother has passed, but the child is still alive and is found by passerbys. As they raise the young boy, everyone calls him Klaus or Claus, and he is known to have been saved by the warmth of his heart. Claus means victory of the people. He once loved a young lady he grew up with, but she is now the wife of the evil Lord Magnus of Grimsvig. Klaus cannot believe she is actually as cold and cruel as she wants to be seen he, because he sees the sadness that's in her eyes. Claus reminds her who he is. She is happy, but quickly remembers that he killed her father. However, Claus says that he was framed and sent out into the cold to die. Back at the mines, the men start to revolt and demand that they have one day of rest to spend Yule time with their families. One of Lord Magnus's men kill the leaders of the protest to make an example out of him. Sergeant Carl knows what they are doing is not right. Claus has a heart-to-heart -heart with the saddened sergeant and says he is having a Yuletime party and everyone's invited. Back at the castle, Lord Magnus makes his son write a wish to the Santa on paper. He has the look of pure evil in his eyes. And you can expand on the magical part. I kind of left that part out because we're on a magical, uh, a grant, uh, grant rant here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first off, I loved the the visual of the frozen mom at the beginning holding mm -hmm. Claus. All right. Can we say, is it Klaus or Claus? I mean, I don't know. Claus? Yeah, I would say right? Claus because it's like Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, okay? I, yeah, no, I 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know yeah. which one's the right way. So I'm, I'm with you, like, I'll call it Claus, right? Yeah. Claus, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Claus. Um, yeah, so I like that. That visual was really cool. I mean, because she is so frozen, like, mm -hmm. like windswept frozen, you know, mm -hmm. and I thought that was a really neat visual. And then I did like the scene in this where the mom and the son, jo Jonas, you know, the spoiled son mm -hmm. have yeah. that moment where they actually start playing with the toys together. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. you see that, that maybe the kid isn't so bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, at first you think the kid's bad the mom's bad and the dad's bad they're all bad right but now we're starting right. to like see that it's really just the dad that's the bad yeah. one and the it, kid is not that bad because his mom like he he's just seen he's just probably just wants someone to play with right right and he's trying to impress his dad so that's why he's being evil and bratty exactly and the mom the reason why she like her heart kind of melted here is because she saw Claus and Claus was her love when they were kids. I mean, they weren't really together, but they loved each other. It's very obvious through the flashback that they do. And um, he kind of melts her heart and she goes to play with the wooden bird in the box again. And is like, you know, you, we know that it's from him now, you know, and okay. and. and and yep. that's what Christmas is supposed to do is like kind of make you be re reignite your your childhood memories, like mm -hmm. re get in touch with your your you know your childhood and everything. And uh, we also find out that that Magnus was with them like growing up too. Like it was it was sort of a love triangle. It's funny at the beginning of this podcast I said that I think it was like one issue too long, and now I'm like you know what I wish we actually got more backstory, but ah. of of the three of the three main characters but in like you know what we do have is awesome and we we find out in this issue that there's like a triangle sort of backstory to them although it didn't it wasn't really like a love triangle but they they all knew each other 
Yeah, it was like Magnus loved the lady and the lady loved Claus and Claus loved the lady. Um, but then at the end, Magnus was like, I'd do anything for her. And a voice is like, anything? And I think that's when this whole thing started. Yeah. Um, with the evil guy, with the future Krampus. Yeah. Spoiler with, alert. With kind of, uh, yeah, getting his his mental sort of, you know, uh, 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 fingers into his head kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sweet because it's like, oh, Claus has a love. And, you know, and the kid, Magnus, actually becomes a kid again. He's just kind of like imaginative and playful and not as selfish as he always is. In that oh, jo- Jonas, you mean? Jonas. Did I say Magnus? Yeah. I mean Jonas. I'm yeah, sorry. No, oh, my that... God. Not Magnus. Magnus is bad, <laughs> yeah. bad, bad. Yeah, bad. Magnus has like no redeeming qualities. Although, uh, anyways, oh. uh, we'll get to that in one second um, <laughs> or at the end of the whole series. But, um yeah, I, I, and I, and I liked at the beginning they did establish that uh, this is when you find out, you know, that that Claus's mom died, obviously, and, and he was he it didn't kill him, so he's kind of immune to the snow and immune to the cold. Mm-hmm. Although you can tell it's like he can't like you know he's not like perfectly immune immune, but he seems to be of hardier stock, you know, yeah. uh, in the cold. So that's why. You know, at at the, the start of this series, in the first issue, I was a little taken aback by the fact that he's in short sleeves in the snow. Not, and I am not taken aback, Lori. <laughs> you're like, you're like, check, please. I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> Sign me up. Merry Christmas to you. Now go ahead. Sorry, I ruined your uh, your work. No, go ahead. No, no it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that's all. You kind of like find out that you know, cold doesn't kill him. That's right. that's kind of like the thing. And, uh, you know, uh, but I, I don't think it's it does good things to him. Like he still needs to be clothed. But, you know, it mm. doesn't kill him. But you don't know why. You never find out why. Right. Exactly. And you just kind of like but but it also adds to like the magical quality that it adds to every chapter. Like every every single chapter, he gets more and more magical. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yes. Good. That's a good point. Even though this is like a flashback to to like sort of a power that he has. Now we have a a better understanding of it. And uh, and of course, like Grant Morrison went with the whole, you know, um, Jesus trope, right? Kind of like uh, Anakin Skywalker. Well, no, because uh, he has you don't see his dad and the mom's, you know, like like it's not, you know, it doesn't they don't say it's a it's a. A mirac- what is it called again? Uh, immaculate conception. Oh. Yeah, they don't they don't go out and say that it's an immaculate conception, but you only see the mom oh, dead holding the baby. Saying. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Like Mary and and sorry, I'm not very religious, so I'm not sure. But no, it's that's like the, the baby yeah. in the manger kind of thing. Yeah, G- Jesus was born, uh, you know, without uh, Mary and Joseph. copulating having sex guys having sex they didn't have sex what it's crazy but so i and then of course we all know that same thing with anakin skywalker you know find out in episode one that you know the the force made him basically there was no father and i mean it's it's a it's not something that was even made up for Jesus. Like this has been a trope that's sort of been around throughout human history of mm-hmm. these characters that are sort of miraculously formed, you know what I mean? Like almost godlike. And this is, and you know, Graham Morrison just kind of mines that trope here. Is that why Darth Vader is not a very good dad? Because he never had a dad as an example? Probably. Yes. Probably. That's actually a very good point. <laughs> I just put that together. <laughs> He's a terrible dad. <laughs> yeah. 
Corey, you have done it. You've officially done it. You have made a Star Wars connection to this comic yet again. Here we I, are. <laughs> I'm. I was so happy to do that just now. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm doing this. Like in my head, I was like, Oh, I can piece this together. I can bring it to Star Wars. <laughs> oh my gosh, that should be your thing. Every comic book you try to bring a piece of Star Wars. Everything's connected to Star Wars. Well, I everything mean, is connected to Star Wars it is, for me. It is. What am I saying? Of course it is. Oh man. Oh, you, you want to keep going with the story core? Of course, I love it. Alrighty, let's head on to chapter five. Lady Dagmar asks her son, Master Jonas, what evil book his father made him read and how exactly they planned to trick the Santa. At that moment, an uncloaked Lord Magnus appears from the shadows with a very heavy sword. He says he has been listening to the voice in the Black Rock, the voice from the caves he makes the men of Grimsvig slave away in. Meanwhile, in the village, Klaus, gosh, Corey, you got me on Klaus, Claus, jumps from roof to roof with a sack of toys over his shoulder. He throws toys down chimneys. Hmm. He is unseen by the guards who watch the doors for his return. Dummies. Claus makes his way to the mines and knocks out the head guard and says, Only one man has to work at Yule time, and that's me. He tells the men to go home to their families to celebrate the return of the light from the darkness. Back at the castle, Lord Magnus tells his lady Dagmar about the bargain he made with the voice from the Black Book long ago for power, knowledge, wealth, and the love of Lady Dagmar. Lord Magnus's guards trick Claus and tie up his sergeant friend for him to find. He is trapped, or so they think. Claus fights the men and escapes the castle. He is badly wounded by their arrows. A boy finds Claus. Claus mutters that he must get to the darkness in the woods. The boy and the white wolf Lily help him go into the darkness in the woods. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. We've got to, oh it's our first dun dun dun. We always do dun 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 at least once <laughs> every episode. It's our first dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. There it is. <laughs> and I like how Claus's like his costume or his suit sort of keeps getting upgraded every issue too. Yeah, it does. Yep, yeah. I was and gonna he, mention and, that. And we should note that he kind of retains the red look to it. The red hood. Yes. Yep. Like yeah, and his cape is red, which well, all I mean, all the guards are this are sort of red too. And then you find out mm-hmm. later that he does the red because of Grimswall, Grimsville. Uh, Grimsvig. Grimsvig. There you go. Um, it's kind of like their colors or, or, or whatever. But I, again, I like that Grant Morrison was like, okay, he's always wearing red. So what's the story on that? Like, what's the backstory on the red, right? I, I dug right. that. Uh, I, I like that. Um, I like Lily. I always like the his wolf Lily. Yeah. So awesome. I want Lily. So sweet. She like loves him. It's really sweet. That's the that's the wolf. It's mm-hmm. so sweet. Yeah, and well, he he in the flashback episode. We find out that he he sort of saved her from getting killed because they killed mm-hmm. the other wolves and in like one of those wolf pits and then uh, he didn't kill like one of the the puppies and so he he kind of and then and later on when he got thrown out he thought he was going to get killed by the wolf and it turned out to be the one that he saved really? so the mm-hmm. return the favor and now they're sort of lifelong friends um although i i never i don't know any story where uh claus has a like a wolf i mean he's got the reindeers obviously we know the reindeers but it's interesting that the reindeers aren't in this at all um 
Uh, no, that is incorrect, my friend. However, you know what? You know what? Let me say this. You are correct. However, there are not reindeers, but there are things that are like reindeers. Remember the wolves? Right, the wolves. Right, but they are the reindeers. They lead the sleigh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're yes, yes. They become like the reindeers, okay. but okay. but not reindeers. It was. I just okay. find we're it interesting. We're both wrong, but we're both right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Um, I, and and he still has like something like you know pulling him and everything. I just found it interesting that that Graham Morrison just didn't do anything with reindeers. I see what you're saying. I understand. Gotcha. Yeah. Like no reindeers, like at all. Not even. I got it. I got you. Like yeah. no antlers. We're not even any antlers. Other no than deer. other than Krampus's. <laughs> Other than Krampus's <laughs> zing zinger, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was this was a good uh, a good issue, but kind of like a, a little bit of filler, like like kind of getting mm-hmm. you to the yeah. next point. Um, maybe this was the issue that I was like, okay, maybe it's a little bit much, but I mean, a lot happens. You know, a lot happens in this issue where he kind of has to escape from the city and gets hurt and everything. Uh, it's it's a fun issue. It's it's a it's a fun like action packed issue. But it's definitely like setting up, you know, the next sort of act in the story. And they, I guess they really do need this because if you think about it, if you go from chapter five to chapter six, you don't really see how much they like, they hate this wild man. Like they, they just need to get him out and how evil Lord Magnus is and how, how much uh, Claus actually connects with a a lot of the village people, like the Sergeant Carl. He, this is the first time that he is like, wait, this isn't right. Like, you know, like Claus, you know, kind of put in some sort of lightness already in the, in the uh, dark town of Grimsvig. And he's like, wait a minute, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you bring up the lightness aspect of it. And I think we haven't even touched on that yet, but there's this whole, sort of underlying current to the whole thing that you know it's 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 the darkest time of the year i mean that's you know the winter solstice is the darkest time of the year that's why you know we we light candles we have all these like sort of pagan festivals that bring light into our homes because Mm -hmm. we had to it was you know to keep the darkness away because the idea was that during these long hours uh you know these long dark nights that this is the time of the year that that ghosts and, and creatures could kind of do their thing it's one thing i mean i grew up catholic but i'm not you guys probably know by now i'm not like a practicing catholic (laughs) or anything um but i i do like the fact that like especially like in a christmas carol and stuff like christmas always has a bit of a ghostly spin to it you know yeah for sure and it's because of the of the winter solstice it's because it's the darkest time of the year and you know and like the whole time in this book he's just talking about how he we need to bring light you know into the world and happiness and joy and now more so than ever during the darkest time of the year is the you know why we need to do this and it's an interesting undercurrent it's true. Now that I think about it, and I'm just digging into my brain here. It's like Halloween is in October, and that's like fall. And it's kind of spooky, darker colors. If we didn't have Christmas, man, winter would be freaking dark. It wouldn't yeah. be fun at all. No, I mean, Wonder, huh. up here, I mean, up here, it, it gets dark by Oregon, like 4.15 yeah. in Oregon. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like pitch black by like 4.45. It's, Dude. it's crazy. Yeah. Cause we're so far up North and you know, my, Myra's, you know, not used to it. I'm not even used to it because we're up further North than like Maryland. So than what I grew up in, you know, um, yeah. so it, it does get darker. So 
this is my first, you know, Christmas up here. This is my our first time up here. And now, like, reading Claus, you know, talking about the winter solstice. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling it. And I'm like, I get it. I get what you're saying, Grant. I, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> down, Claus. Um, but, again, to go back to my very early statement of saying maybe this was too long. You're right. There's so far... There has been nothing that I could sort of take away because everything has been essential to the story so far. So I negate, I, I, I you know, take back what I said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and you even said I may change my mind and yeah. here we are. That's okay. That's okay. It's we're like allowed sometimes to. We're allowed to. Heck yeah, man. I do all the time. Um, it's like when you break down a story, you're like, crap, I guess I really didn't need that part. I don't need that part. I don't need that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the hard part as a writer is deciding what to, to remove, actually. Yeah. It's got to be. I bet you. Do you think that writers write like way too much and then trim down? Probably. I would imagine. I would imagine so. Yeah. Especially I, comic books. You can just, there's just so much story to have and, and no can, budget. And yeah, there's no budget. You can literally do whatever the heck you want. So it's like, yeah, an, an alien space force invades, you know, and you don't have to worry about any kind of a budget. You just have to worry about your artist being able to, to handle that workload. Dude, like, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a hundred times, and but like comic books as a medium for storytelling is just so dang unique. And it's just such a shame that people think that comic books are for nerds, like nerds, you know, read comic books. People don't even give it a chance. Like, I feel like if people gave comic books a chance, like, people, I don't know, it just, it's, it's such a good storytelling medium. It's visual. It's, you know, um, it's just good, man. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I highly promote comic books, if you can't tell. Yes, exactly. Me, anyway, me too. <laughs> and, and Corey's like, dude, I've known this for like 40 years. And I'm like, Corey, I've only known it for like a year. Next month will be my one year anniversary of reading my first comic. Oh, that's so cool. I am Crazy. so happy to be on this journey with you. <laughs> and I, I've, I've, it seems like you're enjoying it. So I'm very happy about that. I am. <laughs> I am enjoying it. We'll get back to the comic book, guys. We just sometimes we have a, a moment of gratefulness here. You got to, man. You got you, to. You got to be grateful. You, you got to. And I am grateful for there's some craziness in the next two issues are going to start speeding up, you know? Yes. Oh, I wanted to mention um, I did write down what the white and red mean. So the white is for the snow of the homeland, and red is for the blood of the working people who built the town. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Nice. Okay. And red is always blood. Why is it always blood? What else is red that wouldn't, I don't know. Anyway. Blood. Apples. Blood. Um, uh, just blood. blood. Just blood. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter six. Finn Mickelson, the boy who saved Claus, finally gets him to his house in the woods. Claus drinks an elixir to heal. Finn goes out to the edge of the woods to find Lily, the white wolf. Lily has her eyes on approaching men and starts to snarl. Lord Magnus appears from the woods and shoots Lily with flaming arrows. She runs away from the men, very wounded. Lord Magnus and his men put stakes into the ice and tie Claus to each stake. He plans to continue his evil plan and cannot believe Claus tried to stop him. 
Back at the castle, all of the children in the village stuff their faces with candy and sweets. Finn, the little kid who saved Claus, runs in to warn them that Lord Magnus plans to fatten them up and feed them to the evil spirit under the church. Back at the mines, Finn's father's anger causes him to make a final stroke of his rock hammer to reveal a large red evil eye in the black rock. The evil voice asks to be freed from the rock, freed from the book, and he even asks where the children are. Definitely Krampus. Back in the castle's dining hall, the king arrives to arrest Lord Magnus for his evil brigades. But it is too late. In walks the evil demon himself, towering over the men with his giant horns, goat legs, and fire-breathing breath. On the ice, Lily tries to free Claus, but it is too late. Claus sings his last song to the spirits that dance with the northern lights. His heart turns to ice. Suddenly... He awakes to the spirits surrounding him, chanting, Make better. So this is when we learn that the spirits are actually like the dancing of northern lights. So I wonder if his like mushroom acid trip is just, that's his interpretation of the northern lights that he's saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I loved in the, like the next to the last page where you see the runes floating over him. They're like stone yeah. runes. And then there's these geometric shapes that are behind the runes, which I guess, you know, is a representation of the power that's in the rune. And again, I find it interesting that they do all these very geometric shapes because that's another thing people say that they see when they mm-hmm. do DMT and like very like extreme like hallucinogens is mm-hmm. you s- basically the universe is geometry and that's what it's made up Ooh. of you know the the secrets of the universe is math and geometry and i mean that's that's <laughs> like you know i mean that's like somebody's that's people's beliefs you know obviously right. you don't know for sure but it's just interesting to see it being represented in here I, there's just so many magical things and by magic you know i mean magi M-A-G-I-C-K, not M-A-G-I-C. Mm. Um, it's just there's so many like magical things in this in this. And comic. what's the difference? I'm just curious. Um, our, the, our without listeners. the K is is Magic the Gathering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, with okay. with the K is like the occult way of doing it. Like without the K is Magic the Gathering. With the K is the real magic. If okay. you, and I'm using quotations, and only, I, even though I believe it, I'm using quotations for people out there who, who might not. Um, it's it's the practice <laughs> of magic is with the K. Got you. Uh, but it's it's cool. I dude, I love the way Krampus looks. How scary does uh, he look? Oh, dude, he's he's really freaking scary. Like holy moly, and he's he spits giant. Fire. He spits fire. He spits fire and fire. just straight up melts people. So this issue gets dark. Mm-hmm. His tongue is like twelve feet long. He's like. Bleh. Um, I've never seen, I mean, I've seen a Krampus like this, but it, this one's actually like hellishly creepy. Like, holy crap. Even his, uh, the, the font in his speech bubbles are like red and jagged. He's like, children, children. hungry. Yeah. Like, ooh. Yeah. It's cool. I, I, I dig how they did like a different font for his, his word balloons too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, 
you know what I did dig also was um, in kind of towards the end when Claus is on the ground and we think he's about to leave, you know, this earth or whatever, you see his heart goes from like beating red to like smaller, smaller ice. Yeah. And then just frozen over. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's almost like he goes like, <gasps> and, and he comes back to life. Yeah. And he's more magical than before. Yeah. It's, it's, and again, that's like another part of, the very structured hero's journey is that they yeah. a lot a lot of times you know again uh, uh, Jesus dies and comes back like it, it yeah it's <laughs> That's just true it's actually just yeah. what happens in these stories and and I am not at all negative against Catholicism or anything like that I firmly believe whatever you want to believe is is totally fine whatever you do believe is a okay I believe that the power is in the belief and I believe that you should mm-hmm. believe in something. Um, but you start digging into all these these old stories that are older than Catholicism, Catholicism, and you find out that yeah, they kind of mined a lot of these tropes from just old like folklore type of tales. And mm-hmm. this tale of the hero that dies and comes back, it's just it's not new to Jesus, right? Like it it sort of happens in the history of of telling stories, you know, way back mm-hmm. all the way back to probably uh, um, Beowulf or something, you know. So you know way more about like these mythical stories than I do. Even you know, ever since I've known you, you've always like you've just had more knowledge about this stuff. You I, so I'm just listening, really. <laughs> like oh, I didn't know that. I like Grant Morrison's p- depiction of Santa though. Like I, I know this. I said Santa. They call oh okay. Let me push that thought to the side. Why do they call him the Santa? They never. Does it mean like the saint? Because I, I always they thought, yeah, well, isn't, isn't Santa that that's Saint, right? Uh, German or whatever uh, for Saint, I guess. I, you know what? That's a good question because they keep calling him the Santa, the Santa, the Santa, and I was like, wait a minute, nobody called him Santa. So yeah, and and I was I was actually trying to when you were when you were doing one of the breakdowns, I think on issue four, I was trying to quickly Google uh, Klaus, you know, or Claus pronunciation, uh, but of course it's it's a video, so I'd have to watch it with sound. And I was curious as to you know how to actually pronounce it, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't, I actually don't know. Yeah, I. I I assume Santa is Saint, right? Like it's Saint Claus, right? right? It's, yeah. it's a spin on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, because it is so, it is it is pretty religious in, in some aspects or it pulls uh, parts of religion uh, from it. So, and then they're at a church and demons uh, and all these things. So I figure maybe, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if this, I mean, I know it's correct, but like in Spanish, Santa means holy. Um, mm. So it must be a Latin root dialect, I imagine. Then oh, maybe. Um, see, gosh, I should have looked that up. Um, usually I love looking up stuff like that. Uh, we're gonna go with maybe. We should uh, <laughs> pull in our spouses, who are both of Latin descent. Yes. Now more yes. than us. Well, see, like Santa Maria and uh, and stuff like that. You know. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you, Corey. Pull it back in. I'm like, well, but but I don't know. but then Santa Claus is like a Germanic like uh, uh, character, so I, I, it's got to be Latin. You know what I mean? Like it's not Gosh. Spanish. It's not Santa, uh, Santa Maria or whatever. It's it. Anyways, yeah. 
guys and gals. I know people (laughs) are yelling at us. My buddy Pete's probably texting me right now as he's listening to me say this, being like, no, dude, it's this. (laughs) See, I I personally like discovering these things like in the moment on the podcast, you know, (laughs) with us. Uh, It's just, I think it's fun. And I do that on podcasting after dark all the time, especially with the the movie we just reviewed, Invasion USA, because I'd never seen it before. So like Mm -hmm. I kind of was formulating my thoughts while we talk it out. So I kind of, Mm -hmm. I do that here too. I liked, especially this, like I had never read this before. So, you know, unlike like we three or something where, you know, I've had years to kind of like put that in my head and figure it out. This I'm, I'm figuring it out right now with, with Tess, basically Tess is my, is my partner in this. So you're also my, my brain partner to help me figure these things out and everything. Yeah. (laughs) With all powers combined. (laughs) Yeah. Like Voltron. Figure out. Yes. We will figure out Spanish. Well, no, maybe not. Mm-mm. Not Spanish, but our our spouses would love for us to figure out Spanish. I am not yes, very good would. at it. It's true. I I'm I I do my best. I can understand it more than I could ever put a sentence together. Especially because they're very like also like my mother in law is very emotional with how she like says says everything. So she could just be saying nothing, and I would know exactly what she was saying because she's very like you know <laughs> the hands and the voice and the yelling and the not yelling and the anyway. You guys are here for us, right? You're not here for the comic book, right? Because we are entertaining. <laughs> you, you come for the claws, you stay for the family drama. That's it, yeah. No family, no, no, no family drama. Oh my God, no, I love my in-laws so much. No family drama, I just need to learn Spanish. You are correct. Don't, don't yes. we all? Yes. <laughs> anyway. We go off on tangents, guys. You guys should know this by now. What is this? Episode like 16 or 17? This is just how we do. This is how... If you listen to the first episode, we're like, and this is a comic book, and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and this one, we're like, yo, Corey, my, my in-laws? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's my favorite stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So anyway... Um, you re- Are you ready to get into the action-packed I finale? Am. Chapter seven is freaking dope. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to try to read it in my most dramatic voice. Here we go. Here we go. The children try to escape the castle before they meet their doomed fate. The demon demands to eat children and will start with Lord Magnus's son. Magnus is flabbergasted. This isn't what he worshipped him for. His son wills not to be harmed. He was promised power. He was promised to be king. Master Jonas runs from the demon and runs into the children who are trying to escape. The demon demands the children get into his bag. Finn's father jumps onto the beast and starts to fight him, giving the children time to escape. Klaus appears. Oh, this is my favorite. Klaus appears on the most gorgeous, most colorful sleigh you have ever seen in your whole life with this pack of white wolves driving the sleigh. Claus starts to fight off the demon, but he is stabbed in the back with a sword by Magnus. Magnus tells the demon he saved his life. He sacrificed everything he had to him, and now he wants his reward. The demon answers him by burning him to death with his fire breath. At this moment, Jonas must be saved. Claus cannot die, so he quickly heals from his sword wound and proceeds to fight the demon. The demon claims Jonas must die because he is a wicked kid. Klaus, Claus, Heartedly disagrees and decapitates the demon. Ta-da! 
Claus returns Jonas to his mother and requests everyone to celebrate Yuletime with a tree of lights. Dagmar makes a vow to change the town of Grimsvig. She wants to make amends for her late husband's evil doings. The story ends with a tale as the townspeople celebrate Yuletime with Christmas lights, dancing, and laughter. Once upon a time and a place, there was a man. His name was Claus, which means victory of the people. And once upon a time, they all lived happily. But the time is always now, and now outlives each of us. The time passes. Dagmar grows old and she passes away. Claus climbs aboard his gorgeous sleigh with Lily and leaves the town of Grimsvig. Claus promises a grown Jonas that he will be back once a year, every year, to deliver gifts to the children. Claus and Lily ride on their magical sleigh and disappear into the sky. Very cool. So cool. You know, I realize they don't ever refer to the demon as Krampus, but I mean, it's no. totally Krampus. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what else would it be? It's right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and Krampus is, you know, uh, uh, Santa Claus's like evil twin sort of or whatever you want to say. Um, mm-hmm. I love that sleigh, by the way. Dude, we have, to, we have to post a picture of that. That's the most beautiful sleigh I've ever seen. Like, it was... holy otherworldly that's yes. the only thing i could describe and again i'm just like that's cool it's it's very deliberate and very mm-hmm. cool and i just want to know what like the idea behind it is i i thought it was so awesome looking and i liked yeah. how krampus was able to turn it and the good you know wolves into demons when he wrote it yeah. did you see that no, I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, Kramp- yeah. Krampus walks up to the sleigh after he, you know, uh, uh, stabs Claus, and and he basically walks up to the sleigh and it basically rewrites it. And then there's this shot uh, of of him on on the on the back of it, and all the dogs, all the wolves are now like these demon monsters. And that's what that's what Krampus is sort of flying in the air when. Claus jumps off of like sort of the roof of a building and and decapitates him because he's on the sleigh flying Mm, through the air. I see it now. Ooh, God, that's gross. Did you notice that when he decapitates him, it says, ho, 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 ho. (laughs) Yeah, that was was cool. That was awesome. And then like, like Jonas even like has like a bit of a heroic moment where he kind of saves the kids or, you know, does a little bit of a distraction so the kids can get away. So and even mm-hmm. by the end of the story, like when they go sort of into the future, you see that, you know, he turns out to be a good person. And I think that's important because in this last issue, Claus is fighting for him because, you know, uh, uh, Krampus is like, you know, this kid is bad. Right? He deserves to be destroyed, yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. so far, like everything we've seen pretty much says, yeah, like Krampus is right. This kid is a little S-H-I-T. But mm-hmm. Claus sees the good in everything. And because of his actions and whatnot, you the kid turns out to be a good person in the end. And mm-hmm. I think that was... That was that's very deliberate. I mean, that wasn't by accident. I think that was by design from the beginning of the of the comic, and that's why I said like at the beginning, you think you think the mom, the queen, is like maybe aloof, maybe she's drunk or something, or doesn't mm. care, because even the the dad uh, Magnus says in the first issue like your mom's 
something like she's not okay basically um, emotionally or in the head but i think she's just checked out because she's in a loveless marriage with a with a with a crappy kid but during because of claws and during the course of this book she reconnects with jonas and thus bringing the goodness in jonas out uh which is that's that's what christmas is that's whether you're catholic or not you know whether you celebrate it or not like the non-catholic part of christmas is supposed to be about finding the good in things and and celebrating the the innocence of childhood and you know no kid is truly bad or anything and you know i think that was cool that was cool to have that in this story that was more like the whole story is very like game of thrones sort of but yet there's all these little (laughs) sweet parts in it there's a lot of sweet parts, especially when uh, Claus and Dagmar kind of, they grow old together. It's really sweet. And they, he stays with her in the town of Grimsvig and they dance. It, it, there's this beautiful panel. It's like um, these four long panels that, you know, each each panel depicts like a passage of time and it's very incremental. And then you turn the next page and it's basically like an older Dagmar, but Claus is still the same age. And so Claus just hops aboard his sleigh and and is off into the night and uh it's just sweet there's like a sweet love story in it too and uh to your point you know jonas kids are only they only do what their elders tell them to do or what they think they need to do to impress their elders sometimes and with his dad gone and burned and you know whatever he um he's like wait a minute i i like being a kid yeah (laughs) i like being a nice kid yeah yeah and and I will say, like, the only thing Magnus, you know, anything redeeming at the very end when he was pretty much fried and dead, he he says, <laughs> someone save my son. Like, mm-hmm. he, I did like the fact that at the very end, he thought about someone other than himself. It's, you know what? This actually ties into Harry Potter, because I think that Magnus kind of reminds me of Snape a little bit, where it's like he was always in love with Lily, or in this case would be Dagmar, but he, like... He seems really evil, but he he also he actually has a heart. Well, maybe it's not exactly like Snape. I love Snape, but what I'm saying is he he may have a little bit of good of good in him, even though he seems purely evil. Um, yeah, yeah, I I like I like that. I thought it was a nice little way to you know have his character have a little bit of a moment at the end, a little a small bit of redemption. I mean, he was he was dead. It was like his dying words, but at least it was a little <laughs> bit of a redemption for him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, final thoughts. Uh, do you want to jump at them? Final thoughts. I loved it. That's, I mean, it's just like a happy, sweet one and I'm, I need to own it. And I want to actually have the book in my hands and see this gorgeous artwork. It's just, it was very well thought out. It was stunning. I don't think they overdid it. I don't think they underdid it. If anything, I just want to know more about their past when they were kids. Um, I don't need to know much more than what's there. And that kind of adds to the mysticism of Santa Claus. We don't need to know much more. Like, how did how did Santa Claus get fat? Huh? Did he just, <laughs> yeah. did he just give up? His... His, uh, what about the elves, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's no elves in this either. That's That was kind of like another thing that Grant Morrison didn't put in. So it kind of, it was like um, elves and and reindeer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, elves and reindeer. But I like that he didn't put everything in because then it's like, okay, we get it. You're trying to check off all the freaking boxes, but now it's annoying. It's like he carefully put in each piece of, you know, the folklore of Santa, you know, the symbolisms of Santa and why things, you know, he, he carefully um, deconstructed why it's like that. It was like, that's why we love the story because it all makes sense and it's all really sweet. And it's like, I actually prefer that story (laughs) yeah and and i don't know like elves and reindeer could have been added to the santa mythos back in the 60s or whatever you know when the rudolph Uh, the reindeer when rudolph the red-nosed reindeer came out um i don't know like it could have been like a sears thing i have no clue like maybe maybe grant morrison is going off of like a more traditional view of santa claus and hey for all i know maybe santa claus rode a sleigh brought by you know uh uh, driven by wolves or or powered by wolves i i don't know maybe they changed it to to reindeers to make them less ferocious looking i don't know um i truly don't know but i like what he did and i'm with i'm with you i will officially say it now it's the perfect length. It's not too long. It's not too short. But it, it's not too long is the main thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was it was a good length. Everything is there. Everything you need to know is there. Um, it leaves you wanting a little bit more, which I think that's fine. I think it's fine to want to know a little bit of, of that. That's good. That gives that means you got enough of a taste that you're like, oh, you know, like I, I'd like to I'd like to have more. But it's better to have to leave you wanting a little bit more than having you maybe be bored or feeling like the book's a little bit bloated. Right. True. True. Yeah. yeah I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I man. I yeah. dug it. I dug it. It was great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad that we we did it. I'm glad that you suggested it. Uh, I do remember when it came out, I was like, oh, it was... It was on my radar mainly because of Grant Morrison and the concept being intriguing enough as it is, but I kind of forgot about it, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad we revisited this and or visited it for the first time because I'm I was very interested at the time and I I, I liked it. I thought it was very much worth it. And mm-hmm. uh, you guys, if you have not read it, I, I would suggest picking it up for sure. It's a, it's a fun read, especially at Christmas yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And and even if you've already, I mean, if you got to this point in the podcast, hello. Um, and you know, we didn't ruin it for you. Like it's it's even though you know how it ends, you know how the story goes. Like just looking at it, it's just the artwork is another half of the story. We're just telling you the story itself, but the artwork is the other half. That's the amazing thing about comic books is you need all the visuals. Yeah, you really do. And and like we said at the beginning, the artist Dan Mora is fantastic in this. Oof absolutely fantastic yeah i the sleigh it you guys is like it's like the frozen castle from the you know the disney movie frozen mixed with like the northern lights yeah and it's just oh my god it's It's stunning unlike anything i i would have ever thought it would be Mm mm-hmm and and claws i mean he's a like i said he is he is a god Mm -hmm. (laughs) he is hot to trot to trot, my friends. Uh, oh, this man. was good. Well, this was fun. They got me good. in the mood for Christmas. Got me in the mood good. for the holidays. Good. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Tess. Well, this is a long one because it, it was seven yeah. issues. So um, where can we find you online and out there in the world? 
You can find me out there in the world on Instagram at Tess Llanos. That's T-E-S-S-L-L-A-N-O-S. And Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace? In the Matrix. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation. And uh, I'll plug uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. You can listen to me every week, talk to my buddy Adam about Seinfeld. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? That's a good one. I like that one. Thank you. That one makes me laugh. Thank you. I, um, I appreciate it. And if you guys love what we do here at Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, if you could leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts, it's still, you know, the biggest podcatcher out there and still sort of the, the main place for people to find us. And uh, the reviews are what Apple uses to kind of as their algorithm. So the more reviews we have, the basically the, the higher we show up in search results. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a direct correlation with that. So if you have the means, uh, like if you're on an iPhone, phone and you're listening to us on apple Podcasts. if you could leave us a, a review that'd be great if not you know if you're on spotify or whatever give us a follow and share us with your friends uh, if you like what we're doing just yeah. give us a give us a share that's that's always great too all right well thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of ongoing comic book discussion podcast i'm tess and i'm Corey, and we'll see you guys next time ho 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 hot ho ho Hot, 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 hot. Hot, hot Santa. Hot Santa. Sexy, sexy Santa. (laughs) (laughs) This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.